Cat Disgusted is a show about veterinary nursing. It is not a show about how to cure your sick pet. If your animal is sick, take it to the vet. Don't be a crazy person and use a podcast to cure your puking cat, dog, chinchilla, etc., etc. I think they would tell you the same thing. If they could. Which they can't. Which makes it hard. You know what's up. Take them to the vet. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the best of times and the worst of times in veterinary nursing. What the hell are we doing? Well, it's Chihuahua snapping feral cats flailing all while working with the baddest bitches in the business. I'm your host, Nicole Dickerson, RBT, and this... It's how our week went. What's up, everybody? Uh, thanks for tuning in again to Cat Disgusted. Uh, I'm legit now because we've got a, a Facebook page up for Cat Disgusted. So I'd love to use that to talk to you guys, uh, to hear from you guys about any kind of comments, questions, complaints. Uh, that that y'all may have um, hit me up on the FB. Uh, these these episodes are going to stay on SoundCloud. That link is always going to be there, so you can always find the episodes of Cat Disgusted through the FB. Now, um, I'd like to honor our first uh, Facebook request uh, by answering the question of what the origin of the name of the show is. So that so that being cat disgusted. Um, so this question comes from Christy. Uh, me and Christy used to work together at a vet hospital and then she moved to the uh, fabulous state of Missouri, the show me state. Is that right? Oh, here, here come the questions and comments. Um, but so she actually uh, moved on to poking humans with needles instead of poking animals with needles. So she moved up in the world. Where did the name come from? So I used to live in San Francisco, uh, really close to where the Rainbow Grocery is. And those of you who know the Rainbow Grocery are like, oh my God, yes. And those of you who don't, no, the Rainbow Grocery, you need to get yourself there. Um, it's really awesome. It's all like organic-y, super hoity-toity stuff, but it's actually really, but it's really good. There's a lot of bulk food there. Um, perhaps they'd like to sponsor us. Cat disgusted. So in, in any case, we, I, 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 bu I bought cat food there because they have these really kind of awesome cat foods for, you know, like little, the little tiki cat ones and like little gourmet things. Um, but I bought one there for Todd, who's my, my tabby cat of many years, and he just wanted nothing to do with it. Like he took one whiff of whatever that was and was like, ugh, ugh. so I had like three cans of it. So I took it back to Rainbow um, to their customer service desk and I was like, yo, the cat's not into it can I just get my money back for these three cans since they're you know I bought them like a week ago blah blah, blah. and the woman who was working at the counter she was super nice she's like yeah absolutely that's fine here just fill out this little return slip and so it's like this little slip of paper and it's got your name and your phone you know you fill in your name your phone number um, the date that you bought it and then at the bottom it says reason for return and so I was like oh well do I need to like feeling a reason or she was like no no it's fine don't worry about it just get your name and number on there and I'll take care of it I'm like okay so then she takes the the paper from me and she turns around I think to kind of get money out of the register but I saw her kind of scribble something on the on the paper right before she she went to get the, my money and I kind of looked over like the edge of the counter and what she'd done is she'd filled in the reason uh on that piece of paper and the, the two words that she wrote were cat disgusted <laughs> I thought that was so funny the reason for return 
cat disgusted. So I've been waiting like years to use that phrase somewhere. And here we are. What we're, what we're going to talk about today, we've been talking a lot about uh, cats and dogs on this show, but you know, I didn't want to forget about the little guys. You know, I work in emergency and in, uh, in the emergency room that I work in, we see a lot of other types of animals. Um, I think we're really the only section in the hospital that routinely sees species outside of dogs and cats. So that what that includes is we call them exotics or we call them pocket pets. Um, that's birds, that's uh, reptiles, that's uh, rodents. So all the little guys. And initially, like you know, when you when you start working at a hospital that sees all these all these things, it's like oh cool. But then like five minutes later, you're like oh shit. <laughs> it's like every different every species has different needs and like you know cold blooded, warm blooded, all all this complicated stuff. So. This episode, I would like to dedicate to all the unusual creatures. That version of that song is so funny. I am like bumping to that Alvin and the Chipmunks version of that song. Uh, John Waters is a big Alvin and the Chipmunks fan. Who knew? So uh, there's a wide range of experience, uh, depending on which technician you're talking to with exotic animals. So my own experience, you know, I've got some, I mean, honestly, it is mostly dogs and cats. I mean, I grew up with a lot of different pets. You know, we had an iguana and we had rats. Oh, I loved our rats. Uh, we had rabbits, we had chickens, but you know, I never had to like give the chickens an injection. Like I never had to like put a catheter in our rabbits you know it's like it, that it's a whole it's a whole different ball game so um depending on who who you're working with you know i feel like there's there's people who have a lot of experience with like various types of things like you know the birds i'm like where's marlena uh rabbits where's grace uh guinea pigs where's charlene like i mean it, it just it just varies with the with the person there's a couple basic things that if like if your exotic animal comes into my particular hospital's emergency room, you know, we're there to triage uh, your little guy. Um, pain control we can do. We can do sub-Q fluids uh, most of the time. Um, we can give oxygen. But really, all of those things are just to stabilize them until they get to somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Uh, so we're not doing extensive things with those guys. We're not doing surgeries most of the time. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about a couple a couple ones that we did, but um, you know we're we're just kind of stabilizing these guys until they can get to a specialist. Um, we're fortunate enough to have a lot of specialists in the area, and UC Davis, they're like right up the street, so that's that's your end all be all for for anything that uh, is is a little pocket pet or exotic animal that needs a lot of stuff. If nothing else, it doesn't matter like you know how much experience you have with what species, whatever. Um, in the least, what you have to be able to do is restrain these guys properly. And by restraint, I mean just to hold them still. Uh, just like you do with a dog or a cat. Uh, you know, sometimes kitty doesn't want it. <laughs> well, same idea. Sometimes bunny doesn't want it. <laughs> so you have to be able to hold these guys in a way uh, 
that that's safe for them, safe for you, uh, hold it without killing it. <laughs> so, uh, one of my favorite little phrases, which is kind of an old school phrase, but with hamsters, they say scruff them till they smile. <laughs> so when we talk about scruffing an animal, it's basically, I mean, most of the time what you're talking about is with cats. Um, you kind of hold on to the skin that's at the back of their neck. And when they're young, when they're little kittens, that's how mama cat carries her kittens around. And so if they're younger, they'll have a response. So they just kind of hang there. Ferrets will do it too. Um, some cats freak out though. So you can't scruff everybody and you shouldn't scruff everybody. Like it's one of those things where you don't always have to do that. Uh, but hamsters, Ooh, those things will bite you in a, in a second. Like, it, like not even, I mean, right out of the box, like classic, you have this little hamster, like a little cardboard box, little holes poked in the top of it. And you open up the box. It's like, Oh my God, it's one of those dwarf hamsters. Oh my God. It's so cute. Oh my God. Look at it. And then you put your hand in there. I mean, they will immediately bite you and they're fast too. And they're mostly head. Those dwarf hamsters are like all head and tiny feet. And, um, part of like what I was saying before was safe for them, safe for you. You know, if you're holding a little guy and like it bites you, I mean, there has been more than one technician in history who, ha, ah! and like flicks their hand. And then you have, whoo, splat of the hamster. So like, that's not great. <laughs> so that's, that's part of why we want to restrain them. That's safe for them and for you. Um, one thing about hamsters that, so, oh, right. So the scruff until they smile thing. So they have a lot of loose skin and like, they will totally, like if you don't scruff them and b believe me, I have been this person. I'm like, oh, I don't want to like scruff the baby hamster. I don't know. I'll just kind of like, and I think about it like a cat where it's just like, just the kind of back of its neck. That little thing spun around and bit me faster than you can. I mean, legs, teeth flying. So you really do have to kind of, it's like a whole body scruff. So you take your whole hand and you take all that skin that's on the back of their body. It doesn't hurt them if you're doing it gently and firmly and swift and with confidence, we always say. Um, but when you turn them over to examine them, um, they literally, all that loose skin has pulled their little cheek pouches back. And so they're like, they, they literally are smiling. So Scruff until they smile. Keep everybody safe, <laughs> including the hamster, so they don't go on a unscheduled flight across the room <laughs> when they bite you. Another thing about hamsters too, they uh, you can give subcute flu. Most I would say like ninety percent of the time um, with these guys, if they haven't been eating or they've got some kind of infection, whatever, we're going to give sub Q fluids because hydration is a good thing. Um, with hamsters, the first time I ever gave sub Q fluids to a hamster, I mean, it's a tiny little syringe, right? And the doctor's like, Oh, when you're giving sub Q fluids, make sure that you do it really caudal because you can fill up their cheek pouches. What? So, caudal what that means is towards their back so usually when we do sub q fluids on animals we're doing it between their shoulder blades well with hamsters if you do it that high up you can fill up their cheek pouches <laughs> with sub q fluids so i was like oh oh learning learning is fun another major thing about restraint with these guys uh rabbits uh rabbits are one that we see a lot in our ER. I'd say it probably goes like if you had to have order of species, like dogs, cats, rabbits, I think is probably what it is. So rabbits, you have to restrain really well because they are crazy and they will 
kill themselves trying to get away from you. And classic rabbit killing itself is it's on this like flat table. Like, you know, we have these wet tables where they're, you know, we got a towel on it most of the time, but a lot of times the rabbit's going to try to fire away from you on that thing and their feet slip out from behind them and they break their back. I'm just like, oh my God. So I've never seen this happen. I've only heard horror stories, but in tech school, you're given total horror story rundown of the person who didn't restrain the rabbit properly and it kicked its legs out and broke his back. So what we like to do is the bunny football hold. Um, their their head is kind of in your armpit and their butt is the first thing that's that's kind of facing forward. So that way, if they do want to kick or be crazy, they go into your body as opposed to flying off the table. Um, and you just kind of hold them, kind of, you know, hug them, hug them a little bit. They like a little bit of, little bit of cuddles. And that way they're not going to flail around. Birds. Oh, birds. Okay, so birds are hard. Uh, talk about holding something without killing it. Oh my God. Birds are just little, I mean, gossamer little things. So the biggest thing about restraining a bird is that birds are built different. They're aliens. Um, they don't have, they have hollow bones, so they weigh nothing. They have no diaphragm. Um, what they have is several air sacs all around their body and the way that they breathe is they actually will move their sternum and it changes the pressure in these air sacs and so when they've got the negative pressure it sucks the air into the air sacs and it can go into their lungs so when you're restraining these birds if you don't allow them to move like if their chest doesn't move they're not breathing. So you have to be really careful about how tightly you're holding these birds and of course what birds are the ones that freaking fly and so all you want to do is hang on to it like the dickens but if you do that uh you might suffocate them so birds are hard i do want to talk about one animal that that we're seeing more of now and, and that would be hedgehogs man those things are cool like little 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 balls of spines, little pointy nose, little buggy eyes. Um, they, they come into your clinic with a, a variety of things that could be wrong with them. Usually it's some kind of trauma that they've suffered. You know, we saw one that had a little string wrapped around its leg. Uh, we saw one with a proptost eye, which I totally believe now that I've kind of looked at them for a little bit. They got big old bug eyes. They kind of go through the world leading with these beady little eyes. A couple things about hedgehogs. They, they uh, carry salmonella. Um, so wash your hands. They do, there's two behavioral things, which I think is super fun about them. Uh, they, they have this behavior called anting, um, or more descriptively termed self-anointing, <laughs> which it means what they do is they smear their saliva all over themselves. And they don't really know why they do that. They think it may be like, like if it's unfamiliar with something, then it's going to like use the saliva to kind of, I don't know, smell it more or something. But yeah, they so they do that. It's, it's lovely behavior where they smear themselves with their own saliva, self-anointing. Um, they do another thing, which is called chuffing, which is uh, literally the sound they make. They kind of kind of like that. And they make a lot of noise, these little hedgehogs. Who knew? Um, inevitably, when they come to your clinic, they're all balled up like a little like a little pill bug. And uh, one trick to get them to unfurl is that they love water. So you can actually put them in water. Uh, not a lot, but like little cat litter pan, just fill it up with like maybe like half an inch of water. And they totally dig on it. They like walk around and they scurry around in it. 
they get a you know they they get a couple diseases that are fairly common amongst them. They get a lot of cancers. Um, they actually get a, a hepatic lipidosis or fatty liver disease because they can get a, overweight really easily. And oh my God, what is the cutest thing ever? Is a little hedgehog that's too fat trying to ball itself up. He's like, and little legs just kind of stick out because <laughs> he can't get all the way all the way into his round shape uh they also get this disease that's called whs or wobbly hedgehog syndrome yes that's a thing um it's actually a myelin degrading syndrome that they get so it looks like someone's moving the floor from underneath them like they get all kind of wobbly and can't walk quite straight uh so just just because they're super fun hedgehogs totally cute totally fun uh we've been seeing a lot of them so keep an eye out haha <laughs> keep an eye out no, I don't think that hedgehog thinks that's funny. When these guys come into the clinic, when it, it, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, it could be, you know, bird, chinchilla, rabbit, whatever. Um, they're coming to you because they're sick, right? And a lot, you know, rabbits will come to you because it hasn't been eating and pooping in a day. Or, uh, you know, a chinchilla will come to you because it's been losing weight, um, it, th- these, so you, you kind of assume that these guys are not feeling well, but there are a lot of them, they're flight animals. And so, you know, which means that they're, they're prey animals. And so their MO is to get away from the things that will eat them. And a veterinary technician in a vet hospital, it thinks you're going to eat it. So it will actually, it will totally fool you and get away from you um, when you're not expecting it. You know, my favorite is like this chinchilla came in to, to see us. Uh, I think I, I think they drove quite a ways too. They drove from like Tracy or something. And the chinchilla had not been eating. Um, it hadn't been doing well. And so uh, one of the technicians I was working with that night, she gets this little chinchilla out of the box. And it's cute. Oh my God, chinchillas are the cutest freaking things. They're all little fuzzballs with the ears and these tiny ass little feet. Um, so she puts this little chinchilla on the scale like, oh, you're not feeling good. Oh. And the minute she lets go, that thing booked like it was like pew, across across the table like across, and she was like l- greased lightning catching that chinchilla boom she got it and put it back in the box it was like <laughs> so and i was like and we all heard it happen we're like what was what was that and she's like dude that thing booked <laughs> so they can fool you uh, my favorite is the bird that comes in with a hurt wing hmm we had a parakeet that came in for a hurt wing, uh, came in a cat carrier. Uh, and you always want to ask with birds when you're, when you're triaging a bird at the hospital, is he flighted? And what that means is, has he had his wings clipped so that it can't, it can't fly very far. Like if they've had their primary feathers clipped on their wings, they can still kind of flap a little bit, but they can't get a lot of, a lot of distance. So, um, Ashley, who had triaged this bird, did ask if the bird was flighted, and they said yes, but that's the reason why it was hurt, is because it was flying around the house, and they think it hurt its wing. So she was opening the cat carrier, and I wasn't in the room for the beginning of this, but so I was coming... I was coming from the lab and I was kind of coming around to where the open door was into the treatment area. And all I see (laughs) is the cat door, cat carrier door open, bird at flying beautifully wings extended beautiful yellow blue parakeet taking wing in the treatment area (laughs) and the doctor goes oh fuck very eloquently and i just kind of went okay and closed the door (laughs) so that it wouldn't get out into the lobby um and i just kind of turned around and i told I, i went through to the front desk and i was like don't let anyone go in 
through the treatment door just for a couple minutes. <laughs> and then Tracy's like, oh, oh, okay, okay. She kind of could see in my eyes, right? So by the time I got back in the treatment area, everyone's kind of, <sighs> but the cat carrier door is closed and the bird's in there. Like, tweet, tweet, tweet. And uh, apparently the bird had flown because I'd close the door. It didn't, it didn't go through that door, but it went through another door that was to the side of that into like the doctor's office area. And the doctor brilliantly had a big soft dog bed. And so she picked up the dog bed and trapped the bird against the window inside this giant squishy dog bed and then was able to hold it there while uh, the technician grabbed like a, a towel to kind of throw over it and then gently put it back into the cat carrier. And <laughs> doctor's like, yup. I think that wing's fine. <laughs> Off you go then. A lot of times what we're doing with these, uh, a lot of times what we're doing with these pets are the same stuff that you would do with dogs and cats. Uh, it's just, you have to do it a little bit differently um, or you have to be, you know, you just have to kind of approach it a little bit differently, different types of drugs, different types of volumes of drugs. A lot of times you're going to be giving like a really small animal what seems like a massive dose of something that you would normally give a dog or a cat. Uh, and it's just, it's just the way they metabolize it. It's just different. Um, we treat, it's like I was saying before, you know, we treat a lot of rabbits. And so, you know, I went to a CE at UC Davis, uh, and the guy said that rabbits are just a cecum covered in fur with a will to die. <laughs> that that's from Davis, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so we put these guys, you know, when I was talking about the no eating and no pooping. So rabbits can have a condition that's called a gastric bloat. Uh, it's different than the bloat that we were talking about with the GDV and the emergency surgery episode. This is a bloat. It's a gastric stasis is really what it is. Um, rabbits have to constantly eat and constantly poop because they're gut fermenters. And so they got a really big cecum and they're just, like a horse. They're just constantly eating and pooping, eating and pooping, eating and pooping. And when that system gets upset, then uh, they, they get in big trouble and their, ga their stomach will dilate with gas, will dilate with fluid. So we'll hospitalize those guys on IV fluids for like several days. Sometimes we use a pro-motility drug like Reglan. Um, it's a brand name. Metoclopramide is the is a gen general name. Um, and they go home. You know, I feel like they, we treat them for like a day or two and then they start eating and they start pooping and it's hooray. Off you go then, bunny. Um, we treated a goat once for a laceration. Okay, this was cool. This, this goat came into the ER. I, they called first. And they were like, our, our daughter is in 4-H and she has her pet goat and he's, he's cut himself on something in the barn. And so we're wondering if you guys will see goats. And thank God we had a doctor on who dealt with large animals. And she was like, absolutely, let's bring the goat down. We'll, we'll fix him up. So in comes this goat. Its name was Starburst. It was a, uh, uh, what was, oh, it was a boar goat. So it was fairly large, uh, brown and white thing. Uh, their boar goats are kind of used for meat and milk and leather. Uh, and they, they're, they're pretty, you know, I mean, it's this gorgeous thing. It's a 4-H, very well taken care of goat. And like, she's shown this goat and stuff. Sweet little girl who owned this thing. You know, she was like maybe 12. Um, so I, you know, we, we gave him an estimate for sedation and for laceration repair. It, it had a cut on its side, like maybe came from like barbed wire or something like that. We always have them sign a CPR and DNR form. And uh, that's for any kind of sedation, any kind of hospitalization. We just like to know what the owner's wishes are. If something terrible was to happen, if they would want us to initiate CPR, and that conversation was really hard for them to have because, you know, they like had to have a little 
head to head with this girl and they're like, she's a meat animal. So I'm going to say that we don't do CPR on the meat animal. And she's like, okay. So here we go with this goat, right? So goat comes with me. And I think I carried the goat because it, it wasn't leash trained or anything. And they had carried it in. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just take her with me. And so I like bent down and like picked her up like a, it's funny. Cause my dad always used to carry the dog around like that and say, Oh, just like a sheep. But here I was actually carrying around a goat. And I told those people, you know, you can, we were, we didn't, we didn't have anything else going on. So they were just going to wait in the lobby until we were all done. And so off I go down the hallway with this goat in my arms and this little girl being like, good luck, star. It's very, very cute. So here I come with the goat. So now I'm thinking to myself, right, so I've got this animal and it's got a cut and I'm going to put it in a cage while I get drugs together and get a laceration kit together so that we can do this repair. So I put the goat in a cage where it proceeded to sing a song of goat lament. I, I don't even know. I mean, it that thing went off. And of course, it's in this metal cage. So it was like... Meh. And it was just like a megaphone echoing off this metal cage. And I I like was looking at everybody. I'm like, oh my God. And so (laughs) to take it out, put it in the runs, like in the kennel runs where it continued to sing its goat song. But at least it wasn't like a megaphone in the metal cage. I think I gave it some like Timothy hay that we usually give the rabbits. I'm like, I don't know. Here, have some of this goat friend. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so what we did is we gave it a, a injection in its jugular vein. Cause that's the vein that you use to give drugs in, uh, in goats. And it went to sleep. Well, no, not sleep, like not the bad sleep, but went was sedated. And, uh, we gave it some supplemental oxygen just for fun, monitored its heart rate. And, uh, the doctor brilliantly repaired this laceration that was about six inches long on its side. And uh, the goat did great. And then we woke it up and uh, we had it in the, me- in the megaphone cage until it woke up. And then, we've, then we moved it into the kennel once it was up. But it was really fast and really easy and it went totally great. So everybody loves to tell the story about Starburst the goat and how, how well she did. Um, I'm going to close this, uh, th- this episode about, uh, about these, these unusual creatures with one of my favorite stories th- uh, about a bird in the hospital. And it actually is not about a bird that was being treated in the hospital. It was, a, it was about a, a bird who was friends with someone who was treated in the hospital. Um, at my old job, we saw a corgi. He was an old guy. I think he was like 12. Um, his name was Malcolm. And he was there for prostatitis. So neuter your dogs. If you don't neuter your dogs, their prostate can get inflamed, uh, which is what happened to him. So he was in the hospital for a couple days and uh, the owner said, you know, I just think that he would do, he'd do really well if he was able to get a visit from his friend, the chicken. I was like, what? She's like, you know, Malcolm's best friend is a, is a chicken. They hang out together all the time uh, in the yard. And and, uh, can, can I bring the chicken just to, just to see him? I know the chicken misses him. I'm like, sure bring the bring the chicken bring yes that'd be wonderful bring the chicken uh and so sure enough so what the owner did is she she went back to the house and she uh came back to the hospital with a wicker laundry basket and uh they they were like um malcolm's owner's here with a laundry basket that's clucking (laughs) i was like oh yeah that's malcolm's friend the chicken we're gonna have him hang out for a little bit um so i put the the owner with her wicker basket 
with the chicken in it in a room in exam room and uh and malcolm he, he could come off fluids for a little bit he was on iv fluids in the hospital so i just walked him up to to the exam room where birdie was hanging out with his mom and uh Malcolm walked down the hallway and before the dog was like, I was with Malcolm and before he was even in the room, like he was on the end of the leash coming towards him, this lady takes the top off of this wicker basket and this beautiful chicken, like a Rhode Island red, beautiful feathered thing pops out of the basket and it's like, and like hops down and starts dancing circles around this dog. I could not, I could not believe it. Like, and he was, he was a sick guy. And so he wasn't walking around a lot. So he kind of like got into the exam room and then lay down. And this chicken was like, and just like doing circles. Chicken hopped up on his back and the owner was like, Oh yay. That's what they do at home. And they just hung out for like a little bit maybe like, you know, half an hour or so. And then when they were done, um, I like, they let me know, like they were like, Hey, Nicole, Malcolm's owner's done with her visit. So you can come and get him. I'm like, okay. So I came up to get Malcolm and, uh, I had, you know, I picked up his leash. So I was like, okay, Malcolm, let's go. And as we're walking back to the treatment area, like she, she didn't put the chicken away right away. The chicken like followed us down the hall, like oh, bah, 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 bah. totally stoked to be with this doggy friend. Uh, it was, it, it was really kind of amazing kind of amazing I've, I've, I've never seen never seen anything like that I, I will always remember Malcolm and his chicken well you've done it again you've made it to the end of another episode of Cat Disgusted um, thank you so much for listening uh, and visit the Facebook page and uh, let me know what you think uh, have a lovely uh, rest of your day or evening or whatever this may be and remember don't come see me at work bye everybody